Jason, as it is each and every week, the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast is brought to the good people by Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Budget Blinds! Hey, did you know that the Signature Series Automated Shades, they provide a safer environment for children and pets due, Jason, to their cordless nature? All hail our Signature Series overlords. Hey, you can even program them. It's really cool. You just program right in your phone, allow you to use your heating and cooling only when you need it for maximum energy efficiency. All hail. Head on down to our friends at Budget Blinds of Lee Summit right in downtown on Main Street. Tell them Jason and Nick sent you. Hello again and welcome to Lee Summit Town Hall, a weekly podcast about what you can do to make a difference. I'm Jason Norbury and as always, I am joined by a man who is already done with last decade. So done. It's Nick Parker, the publisher of Link to Lee Summit. Are you, 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 you don't want to relive the past? You know, I'm ready to move forward. That's the fun. Forward. You know, like the last, last few years have been good, but it's time to move forward. Always, always move forward. Choices were made. Things are done. It's in the past now. We want to look forward. Right. That's how it goes. All right. Leak to Lee Summit is the source for all the news you need about this very fine city. And our unofficial sponsor today are all the dad jokes about seeing you tomorrow or next year or even next decade. Okay, I got to admit. Yeah. You've done it. I, I've been doing that to the sun for like sure. the last week. Your son nothing, is now, nothing but dad jokes. Your your son is old enough now to just get into the tr- not trying to make it because he thinks it's funny or would giggle, but because it's pure torment for them. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, look, that's kind of the role. Yeah. So <laughs> that we are joined today by a very special guest. It is John Bedoin, the guys. proprietor of KC Communications and Media Matters. Oh, mm-hmm. and regular guest columnist for Link to Lee and Summit. And regular guest columnist for Link to Lee Summit. Johnny, how are you today? Irregular guest columnist. I am great, guys. Thanks. Irregular? Well, irregular. you are irregular. I, right, yeah. The columns okay. are regular. The columns are regular. You get they're, some Metamucil or some fiber for that. You need to eat more bran. They're about every, I absolutely <laughs> need to eat more fiber. Um, but that's a different topic. I No, it's great to be here, guys. I, I, last time we came on, I know there were a lot of great topics that we uh, – that we tackled, and I think between the three of us, we probably hit about every corner of Lee Summit in one way or another, whether it's the schools or the city or committees or, or just things that we know and things we've done. So I enjoy being on to, to talk about what's what what we did and what's coming up uh, next year. Well, coming up, see, Jason, you, you did it. You said looking ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost as if we wrote out show notes. Well, we did write plan. out show notes, but this what oh. planning is maybe a bit of a stretch, <laughs> but we did write out some show notes. Today's episode, and we had John John join us. Today's episode, what we want to do is, is, is look forward. Let's look at some of the, the stories for 2020 that we're we're expecting to see, that we know we're, we're going to follow, and and. and there's some questions out there that we hope to see see answered. So that's what that's what today is. We're actually gonna, we're gonna we're gonna break this into two parts actually. So we're gonna talk a little bit about some of the things going on around the city for today's episode, and then come back Friday. We're gonna talk about some of the big stories that we expect to see in 2020 surrounding the Lee Summit R7 School District. All right, but before we do that, we we forgot one thing we need to say. Happy New Year! Oh yes. yeah! As Happy you yeah. are hearing this, it is now January of 2020. We made it. We made it. We have hit a new decade. We have hit a new decade. So we are... Uh, Feels a little different. We've been... Hey, I feel totally different. Hey, yeah. hey Nick, we've been, we've been podcasting now for decades. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, that, listen, if that's the bar. Well, <laughs> well look, like, look let's, be, let's, let's yeah. be fair. Set the bar we low. Have, we, have, we have made a habit and, and actually a goal of consistently setting the bar low for this, episode, this podcast. Because then we it. clear it and we feel like we've accomplished something. It's important that way. All right, Nick, what's our first story? righty. Well, look, let's start. Let's start right here in a place that is near and dear to to all of us. We have all served on the board of directors at one time or another for this group. Let's talk about downtown Lee Summit. Let's talk about downtown Lee Summit Main Street organization. There's some big news happening. The news started last year in the last quarter, but it's it, it's still going forward. Let's let's start with there are apartments coming to downtown. We're finally after 10, 12 years of talking about it, we are going to increase the housing density in the downtown district, guys. Guys, are, are you still excited? I know we I'm haven't so really. Big. We still haven't hit like actual, you know, demolition yet or I'll vertical be, yeah, construction. I was say, I'll be real excited when when something besides the ceremonial shovel goes into the ground, which we haven't done that yet. Which either. we haven't done yet either. But no, I, I you know I keep hearing spring, and and I keep hearing uh, you know finished sometime in in what you know twelve to eighteen months after we after we break that ground, and, and I I think. 
what it means for downtown is just, it's it, it's it's going to obviously it's going to add a lot of density and, and hundreds of residents. It, we know that it's not going to fill our schools up because of the the price point of these apartments is going to be high enough where people aren't bringing in a lot of uh, small children. <coughs> excuse me, small children to those apartments. But I, I also it's it's a it's a lesson in patience I think for the for the businesses because the businesses downtown have been waiting for a long time. I mean, it's only been like sixteen for, years, <laughs> right? For density <laughs> to come downtown, and and some businesses unfortunately that time have come and gone. But the businesses that that survived streetscape and survived the the, the two thousand eight recession and have survived all these things over the years uh, and, and have stayed here through this are, are going to get a huge. Uh, uh, reward when, when that finally gets open. We just have to be patient and, and wait for that to happen. I, I agree. I, I am, I am, you know, this has been one of the things that I've been on my wish list for downtown, but I, I would, I would echo back on that. And not only did the business are the businesses do to get the reward, but the businesses and the way that this district has evolved and grown over the years is uh, really is the thing that set the table for these apartments to come in. If downtown was struggling or downtown was was not uh, thriving well we wouldn't have we wouldn't have these apartments nobody would want to build anything over on that whole thing but we we wanted to make sure that 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 worked that way so i think it's not only a you know congratulations to uh, to downtown but also to those businesses for setting that bar that an apartment developer wanted to come in yeah and 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 when we talk about you know the, the sheer numbers of, of who's in the in the peripheral of downtown. You know we, we like to we, we you walk just a block from from any of the corners from second and green from third and green uh, from market from from you extend out to Jefferson a little bit and you we, we you know we always talk about what what does it mean to live in the downtown core and not live in the downtown core. We just don't have that housing down here uh, that that some downtowns have and we we haven't found the right developer to come and. And, and develop that yet. And, and, and it, it's always that chicken and egg discussion with development. You know, the people say, well, we need this and we need that. We hear that with whether it's a Trader Joe's or, or new, new residents or, or, or apartments or housing, things like that. My response is always when that time is ready, when the developer finds that time is ready, you'll see those things down here. And, and that's where I think we're, we're, we're finally hitting that, that peak at second and Douglas. We're going to get those, uh, residents down here, and everyone's going to see the benefit of that. But the, the, that's going to uh, precipitate new conversations about parking, about the next parking structure, about what that means for for driving on Third Street and Second Street. So many people use Second and Third as their thoroughfare from 291 to 50. All those things are going to change, especially on Second Street when when we have what 300, 350 new residents uh, all piled in there. And I agree. I think those and those new questions, you know. Not only how does that impact the the building we have, but when what is this, you know, influx of demand of these people who are coming in who are going to want stuff? How is that going to impact future development? You know, are we going to see a, a continued evolution of the downtown? Perhaps it its footprint grows a little bit, which I think actually transitions us um, to our next downtown topic. Yeah, I think I, I think it does because one of the things that this is going to immediately affect is the home of the current downtown Lee Summit Farmers Market, yep. which is across the street from the former church that will be developed into apartments. And so now we look for, and this is another thing we've talked about for ten years or more, a new permanent home for the farmers market. Well, at the last State of the City address from Mayor Bill Baird, it was announced the city is working to purchase the rest of the property across the across Green Street right and and the plan includes a permanent home for the downtown farmers market as well as a outdoor performing arts space which was part of a a city bodden issue and John April of, was that seven years ago now April of 2013 right yeah so so it I sounds think- like you've said something about that before John. <laughs> I, I try to mention it at least every six months. <laughs> so I think I think you know we're, this is this is more maybe maybe the story here is that some some long term plans are hopefully right. finally coming to fruition. Well, I, I I hope that's the case. I you know we we all leave uh, I think every single year going back to to my time here even even years ago covering Karen Messerly Mayor Messerly Messerly. You always have some kind of big takeaway. You want some kind of takeaway from the state of the city, and and 
uh, I think this year's takeaway was, wow, there is a lot on paper. Uh, there is a lot of big ideas. There's a lot of, of plans uh, going into place at, at Third and Green there. And and when does all this happen? When when and and how do we fund this? And I have talked about this several times. That at some point we're going to have to have a a capital campaign uh, to raise part of this money. We can do land salebacks and things like that, but we're 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 still far and away over. The original price tag, which we knew we were going to be that that original price tag of you know what six hundred thousand whatever. Well, was, I think it's, was, I think it's fair to say the scope the, the of this project, scope of the project has, has drastically yes, changed, drastically changed from what what was originally yep. talked about, which is fine. It's fine. It's fine, except that's not what the voters approved. Now I, I'm on board with that, but we we've got to remember, especially when we're going ahead with these kind of, of issues that we're putting in front of voters, that we we have to maintain some kind of of reliability and, and accountability to the voters when we put something on a ballot to say this is what we're going to do. The, the voters that passed that in 2013 had, had no idea that, that, that this would roll out in the way that it did. And it's going to be the benefit of downtown, but man, there's a lot of unanswered questions. Where is all this money coming from? Do either of you know? Well, I mean, I think that there's been enough public stuff about the the memorandum of understanding between the downtown CID, downtown Main Street, and the city that at least they have some rough sketches of where that money is going to come from. But in the end, I mean, we don't even know a price tag yet, right? I mean, and and it's so. Well, it's and I think it's important to note that, that as of now, the the deals for the land have not closed. Have not closed. They, it, right. Those the, the right. sales aren't final yet. So all of this is a little bit of, of right. And then conjecture. there's and there's lots of questions about you know how is the land cost going to be handled since it's owned by the city? And there's there's million literally millions of things to discuss. Right. Many of them dollars, and 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 how we deal with that as we go through. But I think that there's a commitment and and. Realistically, this is the first time I think we've seen the mayor. I mean, the city council really hasn't spoken in a unified voice on this so far. Right. But on we haven't seen the mayor put put some political capital forth to say this is a thing that I want to see happen um, and and get that going. So you know, a, a lot of this is on you know the mayor and his his sense of collaboration to help bring this together and figure out where that money is going to come from, and then right. come to the voters or come to the people and say publicly. You know, this is this is what it's going to cost. This is what it's going to look like. These are how the costs are going to be shared. Well, and I think John alluded earlier when he was talking about the apartments about you know it's it's timing and when the developers come forth because that's right. that's really who's going to make things happen. That's the cash, Jason, that you were talking about. And I think what we're going to see is and what the mayor alluded to a little bit is we're we're probably going to see a pretty big public private development happen here where some of that land will be sold back to the developers and that's where the cash is going to come to make some of this stuff happen what the final picture is going to be we don't know yeah absolutely but i think it's important in 2020 you know this was thrown out obviously not offhand because the mayor had all kinds of drawings and ideas up there that he put on the screen but in it it, kind of got thrown out there and is it's kind of sat quietly and i think i it's not unreasonable to anticipate to be somewhat quiet until the the sale the land sale closes but once that comes and one would anticipate that would happen this year if it hasn't already, that they just haven't said it out loud, to uh, to say, hey, okay, now you've got the land, let's go, let's get the next steps going. Right, and I, every step of this from from and, and hopefully it, it, it appears that that way from the past, but if it hasn't appeared that way, it should be that way now. Every step of this has to be done very much in public view. I think from now on, we the the further we deviate from what actually went on the ballot in April 2013. To the new plan, I think we have to be just super overboard deliberate on communicating that to to the general public because there's a lot of people that voted for that and put in their own time and sweat equity and their money uh, to make sure that passed in 2013. And in the meantime, you know, Legacy Park is done and and the museum is done and these other projects have been have been checked off the list. Let's 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 get this one done. Well, now that we're talking, we, we've talked a little bit about money. That I want to kind of stick with that theme a little bit, and let's go to another story that that is just now starting to develop. The council just just talked about this and and made a request to staff, and that is that on the next ballot may be a use tax, a new tax for for the people to 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 vote on. And and this alludes to Jason something you and I have talked about on this show before is. The city manager Steve Steve Arbo has has come out and said that hey we're looking at a possible budget shortfall in the 2020 2021 fiscal year. So let's talk a little bit about what what a use tax is and maybe what what will be before the voters. Sure. Um, I mean the the short version is is that Lee Summit as a city does not capture any kind of tax on sales uh, done through the internet. 
um, except for, I think, Missouri on Missouri sales and maybe not even on those. Um, so Amazon, for instance, has struck a deal with the various and sundry states. And when you purchase something uh, from here on their service, you do pay a state sales tax. Um, this use tax is essentially the same thing as a sales tax. You know, we don't, I don't think even we want to get that far into the weeds to talk about the, the functional differences right, between right. the two. But the idea being is that it would apply to internet sales and, and then bring in revenue for the city. And uh, one of the things that, that this topic came up uh, a while back during a Velocity Lee Summit event, uh, interestingly enough, because we were talking about uh, businesses coming in, businesses coming out. And I don't have the numbers from the city about how many business licenses were were, were written up in, in 2019 and how many were, were renewed in 2019 or not renewed, as it were, in 2019. But uh, we have to keep a close eye, and, and I think we are, on what's happening at Summit Woods, Summit Fair, uh, in some of our at our strip malls on 291 and, and off of 50, uh, businesses coming in and out. Obviously, that all plays into to that that sales tax base. And yeah, I'm guilty of it. I try I shop local uh, as much as as anybody. But man, you get online and you get that thing ordered, and you do you see the line item that says zero tax or whatever it is. And it, 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 it floors me that we're that we're not capturing that. We we have to do something. We've got to get. We've got to find some way. To bring some of that back, because because there are there are a couple of big box retailers right now that are probably hanging by a thread. I would guess uh, that, that we're going to see go out sometime. You know, we, we we've seen restaurant groups be hit this last year. Restaurant groups have taken a beating uh, on bankruptcies, and 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 if we lose a couple of restaurants, we lose a couple over there off off Chipman. Uh, we're going to see that that number take an even bigger hit. Absolutely, and and it's and not only I mean, so we you have the two things. One, we have the sort of a decline. In retail sales, as, as many of those sales, although food is obviously one that you don't do as much internet on, sure. um, go shift over to virtual sales. Um, but in addition to that, I mean, we have the 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 shifting that shifting nature looking forward. And and this isn't this last fall was not the first time that uh, our city manager has come forth with the hey guys look at this budget you need to pay attention to tax revenues or we're going to have a problem we need to fill this hole coming forward. And, and that's an important piece. But I, I would note for a second, it's an important piece. And, and that's a conversation that we'll need to have through the course of the spring is up to the, the election for it. But it's not a sufficient piece. No, and I think that was, that was what I was going to bring up was the second half of the story that we're going to watch is whether that passes or not. And say it does pass. Right. It's not enough to make up for the shortfall that, that – Arbo is kind of warning the city council about. So it's, it will be interesting for us to watch the discussions that the council has on the dais as they look for other ways to, to, to make up for that gap. Well, I'm lucky that we're not coming into an election season. Well, that's so what I'm saying. This <laughs> nobody's going to like say anything out of the out of the blue or make any unreasonable claims from the dais as, as we go through this process. But that's, you, that's never do happened. Do you dare put a use tax on a ballot in 2020 you can't they won't do it for april we know that but do you stick it on an august ballot when it's a when it's a presidential primary or do you stick it on a uh, uh a presidential year to, to, god forbid a november ballot i mean that that's that's all going to tie into this this conversation because voters will be flooding to the polls next year and and so this it could definitely go one way or another you know about i mean it's it's up there but i think even if they so if they get it on the ballot in time for the next fiscal year or not whether it passes or not, we still have that core question. Really, if the difference is like how big that gap is going to be right. and what the council members are going to do. Well, right. and that's a great question to be asking of our candidates as they get forward. Is hey, this there here's here's a gap that's been pinpointed. You know, what ideas do you have, or how do you plan to work with the rest of council, with the rest of the city, to to try to find a solution? I mean, we all saw. The previous council election cycle, we all saw a lot of language coming from the dais and coming from from political groups mm -hmm. about about things that they wanted. But when it came to the question of how do you pay for it, yeah. it, it got pretty nasty. Well, revenue streams have to be uh, near well I don't know, at the top of the list, but in the top five of things we're going to ask these city council candidates, right? Uh, I hope so. Well, okay. Well, let's let's as we transition into, uh, we're going to talk about the that big story coming, which is which is the election. I just, I just want to. Here's what we have: we have we have running for city council. There is a seat available in each of the four council districts throughout the city. In yep. District One, Hillary Shields and Robert Dye have both filed for that seat, which will be vacated by Rob Benny, who right. has termed out. Yep. In District Two, Roberta Goff 
is has the only one that's filed for that seat, which is being vacated by Craig Faith, who announced, I think it is a surprise to many of us, yeah. that he's not running for re-election. Late, late summer, early fall, yeah. In District 3, Phyllis Edson has filed to run for re-election. There is no one yet right. running against her. And in District 4, Fred DeMauro, who it seems, because of the way things lined up, is, is, is running for re-election every six months, something like that. Uh, he has announced he's running for re-election, and Donnie Funk has, has filed to run as competition for, for that seat. So here's what I want to know from you guys. We've talked a little bit about the budget question and, and that kind of thing. What other questions do you have? What other questions do you think these candidates need to answer so that voters can make the best decision? Uh, I mean, I think the, the, the budget question is, and in all honesty, I mean, as we, we get through all this and as we've come through all of the hubbub that, uh, that preceded uh, 2018's elections and, and gone through all of that, you know, things have gone relatively quietly. I mean, in, in the overall scheme of things, it's been relatively quiet from the dais. Um, there hasn't been a lot of bombast and a lot of that. There have been some sniping back and forth and the normal, I would say, interpersonal politics sort of thing. But things are fine. And, and when that's fine. When things are running smoothish, right, the question is, is how do we spend the money that we bring in? You know, how much money we're going to bring in? Where do we allocate it on the way out? We just had um, and we are just about in the process of finishing the strategic plan uh, process. So I think questions about that are going to be key. Um, and and I honestly, you know, talking about the use tax and other forms of revenue enhancement or budget expenditures are, are going to be important questions to find out where these people's priorities are. Uh, yeah. And, and incentives and economic development and development are, are I think, are, are central uh, key issues right now uh, because they, they touch – well, they touch virtually all four districts, but uh, again, right now you've got you've got development uh, off prior. You've got we don't know what's happening over at the Grove on fifty. You've got Paragon Star. Uh, you've got Village at View High. Uh, you, the, I want to know from 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 these candidates that have not weighed in, or even if they have weighed in, for, for those incumbents that are running again for Fred Demorrow and and Phyllis Edson and the like, the people that are that have that have been on the council, what what are we looking at these developments if they're stalling, if they're stalled out, or or if they're not moving? What can we do to help enhance that to help to help move some of those projects forward? And and where are our new opportunities for development? You've got the 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 Mormon land that supposedly is going to be opening up soon. Uh, that's going to open up possibilities not only in, in commercial development, but probably in housing. Uh, you, you've got you, you have all those little pieces, and I think economic development and 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 incentives are that uh, to me are the sometimes the backbreaker for candidates. Uh, you you we you and I, Jason and, and Nick, you and I can we can watch these forums or interviews that you do with candidates, the chamber forums or anywhere else, and and, and kind of know real quick how much or how little these candidates know about development and economic development. And, and if there's one piece of that pie that they have to have in their brain, I think when they come in uh, to be a council member here, it's got to be some economic development know-how. Well, and I think we saw how that plays in. And we'll just go back to the topic we started with, which was the the apartment project here in downtown. Right. That thing almost came to a complete standstill yeah. based on an incentive request from from the developer. Right. And so, and there is and, a, and there is an clear, ongoing debate, an unprecedented develop. That's uh, true. Incentive request. That's true. But I, okay, so here's the question: Are do we need to ask these candidates? If they're willing to be creative, to think of things differently than have been done in the past. Yes, but I also want to ask them if they've read the city's economic incentive policy. That there are some very smart people in the room a few years ago that 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 created this policy, and and it it was in its infancy at the time. But we were a city with, with without a blueprint on on what to do with incentives, and and we we I want to know what they know about that document. And, and I don't need to know, are you for or against incentives? I want to know, as incentives are the reality to development, how, how, how do we best utilize those in our, in our community? I don't think it can be an either-or question anymore. No, I think no. it used to be. It and, used and to there, be. There is, uh, there is someone sitting on the council who has, who has spent many years fighting that either-or right. or, well, or debate. And to I be fair, he's really more of a neither-nor. But yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> eh, fair. fair. But, uh, but, I, but I think that having the discussion that way is no longer effective, right? I, I don't disagree. I think that there, 
I think that the biggest thing they have to I think the city has a policy yeah. and 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 it's fine to disagree with that policy and it's certainly within the realm of the council um whatever form it takes in the coming year or two years to have a relook at that policy if that's what they want to do right or if nothing else, there'll be times when they're going to maybe deviate from that policy or times that they're going to make themselves adhere to that policy. And they need to be clear about that and hearing from our candidates to have some to be somewhat conversant in that idea. It's hard when you sit up there. I mean, the pressures that were on Craig Faith um, at that at the time at oh, which yes. that, when he was the, the key vote were, you know, tremendous for a, especially for a city council vote in a you know in a mid-sized suburb in the middle of in a non-election year in a non-election <laughs> year there's a lot of pressure on him for that yep. and and to to say that the the person coming into that seat whether any of these new people especially would have a good feel for exactly how those pressures feel because you don't know what that is until you're in it right but i think to have an idea is like this is the framework within which i look at it and and that and and conversant with what's actually on the books is a good stop to go. And I mean, a simple question, you know, a, a simple one is, all right, well, we did this one invest, we did this one incentive for these downtown apartments. Right. What about the next one? You right. know, I mean, these are these are questions that we can ask to kind of get a better feel for it. As yeah, well. I, I'd sure like them to have a, a, an understanding on 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 TIF and CID and all those things and, and how and how we have been ahead of the curve, I think, in many areas on TIF and, and, and that and that that area Chipman and 50 got developed, you know, if if not for these we would still be driving, you know, would we still be driving to independence or other areas to, to do our shopping? I mean, the, these things have a great place in the, in, in the development realm and in the commercial development realm. And, and, and yeah, if you want to, I think if, if count new council members want to throw the whole incentive policy out, that's going to have to be a long discussion. I think they need to get to know it and they really need to understand what, where the tax money comes in and what part of which parts of our, our community and then take that conversation from from that point of understanding not from a point of saying I like this or I just don't like this so that, that, to me that, that, that that's disingenuous other than and Jason you alluded to this earlier other than the the previous council election when we were talking about raises for for city employees we we're talking about raises for our, our public safety employees, there really hasn't been anything huge, any huge topics of contention. What other questions do you guys have? What do you think other than development and and, and what looking forward? Are there are there other questions that you have for candidates? Well, as, I think we come up? actually I this goes back into development, but I think there's some real questions to be asked about the the PRI, the, the Mormon Church Link. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a huge percentage of the landmass of an already very large area city, and but. If, you know, and I know that the 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 owners of the land don't have any intention to dump it all on the market at one time. But you know, sensitivity to market conditions and what have you, when that stuff comes on, what kind of development is going to go in those places is going to have not only an impact on that land and who lives there or works there or whatever, but on just stuff all around. I mean, if a, a big chunk of prime real estate opens up, everybody's market value suddenly goes down. That being off the land creates a scarcity that we may not have going forward. And what do we do with that land from a, not even an economic development, from just a, a master planning or, a, or, or, you know, I know, shocking, I'm going to get back into land use and things. But those kinds of questions are, are ones that are really important. Uh, the only other topic, I mean, there, there's a bunch, but the, the topic that would be pressing for me would, would be, I always like to know where candidates uh, kind of see us. Uh, in during their time in, in office, whether they're going to stay in office for four years or eight years or run that and then and then run for mayor, or however, however it looks, they're going to be in, they're going to be in office during a period of time of growth. We've got projections about the city growing over the next ten years. We've got I've heard projections of of you know of, of fifteen hundred or more students entering our seven over the next ten years. Uh, you're, we're gonna we're gonna housing those kind of topics. I, I I'd like to, to you know what what kind of city. Do you want to, to leave after your four or eight years? And 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 sometimes uh, I ask that question because I want to hear what what I think the real truth. Sometimes the, the truth is, you know, that we hear candidates. Oh, I don't want the city to change. I don't want downtown to change. I don't want Fifty Highway to change. I, you know, I, I I like this town like it was in 1978. I want to know that. I want to vet those things out. And if you and if that's truly your thought, if that's truly your strategic plan for the city, let's talk about that and let's talk about what that means for the city. If it's not, I want to know that too. If we go back to 1978, can we have like Camaros for everybody? <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> we will cruise. We will cruise third. We will cruise third. We will. Camaro. We'll bring back Griff's and instead of a, a weed shop, and we'll we'll uh, we'll just drive up and down Third Street and have a good time. All right. Well, Jason really wanted me to dig into the weed story there <laughs> because that's I, that's a, I think that's a story that we're all going to watch for. But I'm not going to do it yet. Okay. Oh, you're the worst. That I was wa- the perfect segue, I, and you was, just dropped the ball. It was, but really, my job is to annoy you, yeah. and so. You know, I'm so glad. Take one on the board for me. You're so glad I could. I feel like I'm the therapist sometimes when I'm when I'm the third person here, which is so not my role. I'm gonna be like some people, John, can't do the right thing when they're on the podcast. So I I do want to because we 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 we've we've hinted at this a lot, and and I'm gonna play to Jason's favorite thing here a little bit, but. Housing is housing development is a topic that we're going to have to talk about, and I think we need to ask our candidates about how they feel because this is something that Jason, you and I, since we started the show, have have watched the council go back and forth on since from the very beginning of the, of of this podcast, and that is seeing studies that say there is a need and a demand for more affordable housing, for more senior housing, for multifamily housing. However, every time that has come up, it has been met with contention both from the dais and from the public. So I think one of the stories to watch is is what does this next council body, however it's defined, think about the future of housing development in the city? I, I agree. And I the, the way I have sort of come to think about it is the council as a whole over time, I mean, obviously, and this has been a shifting balance, but have been in generally in favor of these sorts of generic, I'll call them platitudes of housing develop. We need more housing. We need more affordable housing. We need a little bit, we need to change our balance a little bit, but they've been very resistant to every specific project, right? So it's like not that one, you know what? And then the next one comes, well, not that one. Or, and, or, or, or that one in that place. Yeah. Or that, not that one because it's close to me, but that one over there is fine or whatever the case may be. And so it's interesting. And, and what we haven't had, and even in this last go round, when we had the, the Alera project and the follow up with the Osage project, as they called it, um, that it was actually approved by the council going through that whole process, even then, you know, a council member, and, and I'm going to pick on council member Benny because he's leaving, but he has, I think, been fairly steadfastly opposed in general to multifamily development in, in the city, and most specifically in his district, as a general whole. I mean, he was in favor of the downtown apartments, but that was something that's been on the city's master plan for a long time. You know, even then, I don't think I don't think Councilmember Binney, and this is my read of the subject, cares for multifamily housing in Lee Summit in general. I mean, like as a thing. That's not what he really would choose as his ideal, but he doesn't want to say that. And I honestly I'd be I'd be more complimentary of someone who would take a stance that blunt that I disagree with, then I want someone to hem and haw and kind of try to nitpick everything because they have a discomfort at that level. So I'd like to see perhaps some more honesty um, coming forth from the council as we as we go into the this next phase of housing development. And my my only add into that is uh, let's keep in mind that we've done housing. We've spent money on housing studies and, and, and the city – EDC, there's other the, the chamber. There's been drivers that have that have done housing studies that have, that have shown us, uh, and we, obviously we've done for commercial real estate too. We we've we've done the the downtown study and the expanded downtown study, and we've done the housing study, and we've shown this is what people want, and th- and these are the price points people want, and this is the type of living people want. I say it again, we've got to listen to the experts when these things come up, and 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 Councilman Benny's votes aside. Uh, I, I think, ha- yeah, housing will be uh, a huge piece of of the next election, and absolutely has to, uh, that topic has, absolutely has to be in front of these candidates for all four districts, whether they're incumbents getting back in or, or brand new people to our council. I, I, w- I want to know from them what their priority is and how familiar they are with some of these past studies. I don't need you to read them cover to cover, but but tell me that you understand. Uh, what the needs are in this community, and I'll I'll take a different step. And it's obviously these that come. And, and having sat on the planning commission and watched a bunch of these, there is often neighborhood resistance to sure. denser housing coming in there nearby, um, and and that's understandable. And and politicians, by their nature, are political animals. They want to make sure that their voters are happy. But at a certain point, those those interests are going to rub against each other and and getting a feel for these candidates and how they're going to resolve those concerns is an important thing. I mean, sometimes you have to tell your, your companies like, I understand that this is the best available thing mm-hmm. for this particular piece of land and, and it's going to be fine. 
and we'll go through that. Well, and I'm going to go back to John. I've seen you in your uh, your social media rants. This has been a common theme for you over the years. But I think it's I think it's I think rants a, rants a little strong. <laughs> but I think I think it is also always important to remember that, like you just said, sometimes the politician has to say this is the best thing coming. Right. We don't always get to, as the people. We don't always get to decide what the next development is. Yep. That's for the market, and that's for the developer with the cash to choose. We Amen. Very, we and very so sometimes, get that choice. right? That so sometimes so we have to have the people sitting on that dais look us in the eye and say, "I understand and I hear you, but this is the best option for now and for the future of the community." So, and real quick to Jason's point earlier, are we seeing more of that on our council? Dare I say that we have a a more a kinder do we have a kinder gentler uh, more uh, cohesive group than possibly we had before 2018 or we, have we seen that shift i know that's maybe a 30,000 foot question but whether it's housing or whether it's incentives or development or sidewalks or whatever it is we're talking about you know liquor licenses or weed or whatever that night are we seeing a council that works just a little bit better together than they used to i, I think that's a that's a huge part of these decisions that we're going to make i yeah i mean and i think seeing what that comes forward how is that you know is that going to continue or you know, I, I know that that's been a, a, a high priority of the mayors is to, mm-hmm. to have comedy at the dais, not comedy, but comedy at the dais. <laughs> thank, although, you, thank you for that, by the way. Although occasionally we, we've broached off into the other. Um, and and but, you know, are we is that going to continue? How are we going to deal with that? And then, you know, is that a sufficient thing? Sometimes the council has to take a brave stance. And, you know, we can argue that the downtown apartments thing, you know, overriding the vote of the TIF commission. Absolutely. You know, there was some neighborhood opposition. There was a lot of neighborhood support as well. But, um, you know, when they come together, when they work, they, are they able to make braver decisions than they would be when they were a little bit more fractured? Yep. One other thing I think it's important that we bring up that's going to, again, it'll be interesting to watch and I think interesting to talk to the candidates about, and that is that the annual for the for the for the major what do I want to call them subgroups out there the the Pu- public service agreements with yeah. the city are up for renewal that is that includes Lee Summit Economic Development Corporation that includes Lee Summit Chamber that includes downtown Lee Summit Main Street those are all up for renewal they, well, the velocity last, is also velocity is the fourth Lee Summit PSA is on, now. yeah yep. it, those those were all done on on three year agreements that are subject to budget approval annually by the council you just have to do it that that way. They are all up for renegotiation and renewal this spring. So it's going to be interesting to hear the conversation because there are people that currently sit on the dais that have made some noise about those PSAs and whether whether it's the best way for the city to spend its money. Is to that work council with member groups. neither nor again? That we're talking about? So. <laughs> Maybe. And, and we and have seen and we have seen some some of some of the directors have come under fire from at, from the dais and there are you know some, some and on the school or, board and on school board and and we've seen we we have seen one of the organizations go through a lot of turmoil over the last few years so PSA agreements I think that's going to be interesting to watch. What do you guys think? I, I, yeah, it will be interesting to watch. And and with uh, this is not the time. Although I think it would make a great. I don't know. I, I say it'd make a great program. We the people might get put to sleep, but someday that's never stopped us. Ha- well, ha- having a discussion about <laughs> yeah, you about, listen to our episodes. I have. I do. Uh, having a discussion about the bed tax and how all this got started and who put that into to play through the, the that is now split into many pieces. Is now split into many pieces, but 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 the way that came to be through at least some. Economic Development Council deserves a continual nod that there was that foresight back then to, to make that happen and to make sure that 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 fund was that bed tax was was protected. Now, I'm going to speak specifically to downtown Main Street because that's that's the the piece that I was most intimately involved with. And back when I was on the board and, and eventually board president, you know, we we were we were in a a great position coming off the GAMS Award, the Great American Main Street, and we were getting forty thousand dollars a year at the time uh, from the city, which was you know it's a, it's a drop in the budget. It's it was you know less than probably less than ten percent at the time, and we we wanted to. We, Janine Rand, who was the director then, made the bold move to say. We're going to ask for more. Don't know if we're going to get it. We're going to ask for more. And guess what they got it. And it wasn't much. It was another twenty. That was $60,000 a year. Uh, but th- but that's been years. I want to say that goes all the way back to maybe 2012 or 2013 when, th- when that, that, that increase happened. 
But in order to, to maintain the gem that we have in our downtown, I, I think it's absolutely pivotal. Th- those, are, those are the wrong things to look at. We start nitpicking on these, on these PSAs. The, to, to me, in, in, in that size of budget, you, can find, you want to find $60,000, you can go find $60,000. Let's protect what we've built here and let's, and let's, and let's continue to, to, to find candidates that understand what the public-private partnership means and why it's so important. Okay. I'm going to pause there for a second. Jason, put on the professor hat again. Just, oh, just give okay. everybody a quick reminder of, of what these agreements are and what the city is asking from each of these organizations. Well, essentially, they're contracts. The city has hired these organizations uh, to do certain tasks to promote. Generally speaking, they have made it tourism-related, although I don't know that the Velocity contract falls directly under that. But they have been sort of tourism-related to do things to – enhance, you know, in case of downtown Main Street, to enhance downtown, mm-hmm. to enhance the uh, quality of, of applicants or, can, you know, people to come in and start and grow businesses in Lee Summit, both for Chamber and for EDC, although on different terms, for marketing aspects, for the actual tourism marketing goes through, um, in, in through it, another piece of that, that money. The chamber, yeah. But it comes through the chamber and those sorts of things. So it's essentially the city has hired these organizations to do this work for, on their behalf uh, on that. And and, and one of the questions that always gets asked and, and that people try to raise is what's the return, right? What, do, what would doing all of these things in-house cost um, that we can do on that? And obviously, you know, if you want somebody to, to run your chamber of commerce – you know, it's going to cost a lot more than it's only fifty something. I think that yeah, the chamber 40, gets. 40 or fifty. Yeah. Um, and you know, what do they do for that? What does that sixty thousand buy? And those sorts of things. And those are questions that are are good to ask. But these are another good good questions for. You know, we have an opportunity through this election process. If we want to get back into that for a second, to to really sort of let these candidates separate themselves on what they know and how they know going in. It's always a really really steep learning curve when you go from candidate to elected official. But the ones who make that the least steep are the ones I think that, you know, hopefully will separate themselves through this process. And having this come up now um, at the same time as we're going through that, I think gives us an opportunity to not only have that conversation about what the PSAs are and what they do, right. but also then, you know, get these, see if the candidates can uh, can keep up. I think it's also important not to ask the candidates, not just what they know already, but to hear their response and what are they willing to learn? Because I think you, you said it. Right there, that there is a big learning curve to go from candidate to actually actually sitting there. Absolutely, and I, and I think you know there's there is a linkage between the the PSA money and the bed tax. I mean, they always had that was the original estimation. There, there definitely they, is. Yeah. They diverged for a bit and kind of re, have reconverged over the years, and and I know the bed tax has increased a little bit, and if we add more development in downtown like a hotel, then that those hotel beds are the things that generate that tax. So the more of that we have the better off that these organizations will be. And hopefully they can get, you know, they can continue to do that good work as they go forward. So it'll be interesting. And I know that the, you know, the, the council has over time taken a, um, you know, taken a few jabs at the, the EDC specifically um, at, at times. And, and I know right now the chamber is in between leaders. So that's, that's going to create a little bit of uncertainty and, and downtown is once again coming off a national award and all those sorts right. of things. So, you know, it's I don't want to look at it as and I hope that our candidates and our council members don't look at it as a zero sum sort of a thing. But, you know, there there is some of that push pull that goes along in there. And some I know that some of our electeds have sort of viewed it that way, at least in the recent past. And just point point of, of clarification that, yes, the chambers in between leaders. Matt Barrett is 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 currently the interim uh, running things. He's probably doing two or three jobs over at the chamber right now. But just, you know, point, you know, point of fact. They're they're seeking that uh, that that new head, uh, but the 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 ship isn't isn't running, uh, you know, without a without it a. It doesn't have a, me at the helm, so well, it's not have, like you know, know, about to hit the iceberg. It's it's Nick at the helm, or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But 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 you bring up a good point. That you know, the, unfortunately, the change in regimes, and whether that's Jim Devine a couple of years ago or. Uh, most recently, with the uh, you know two uh, presidents in the last you know three years or so at the chamber, those things make headlines, and those are things that we have to we have to discuss as a community and how how we how we attract leaders to run very vital organizations in Lee Summit. Well, I think those uh, that all sets up I think a lot of questions that hopefully 
hopefully voters are going to be asking their candidates as they get to meet them. I know, Jason, you and I will be asking questions as we get to know the candidates. We we are looking to plan some candidate interviews over the coming months. We're hoping to have maybe a, a public forum or two out there. So we'll be we'll be following up with that as well. But but as always, we encourage voters to go out and get to know those candidates. And John, I know as a as a columnist and a, a rabid user of the social media channels, yes. you will be asking questions uh, as well. I want to get now to to uh, one last topic. It's weed, right? Oh, okay. Two last topics. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thank God we're going to discuss weed. Let's 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 get the medical marijuana story out there first. And then we'll we'll go we'll go to the last one. And one look, I don't know that there's a, a lot to really say other than this is just a continuing ongoing story that from the state level as medical marijuana is 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 legal legalized in the state of Missouri and they go through their licensing processes. Jason, why don't you just real quick, where are we now and what are we gonna be looking at in the coming months? Sure. The state is in the process of handing out the licenses for the various business types to do that. And as it turns out, there are no lease summit businesses that have been granted a license for cultivation, transportation, or testing. Hmm. Um, we do have uh, the one left, and the one that really most people care about are the dispensaries. Uh, the state has said that they're going to put that out towards the end of January. I think the 23rd or 24th is their announced date. Um, we'll see where those are, You know, which ones grant there are. There's a building on 3rd Street that's yes. being developed for that. There yep. are other stores that are in plan, but not all of them are going to get licenses. So it's going to have an impact, for one, on which of those actually businesses actually start um, and but where they are and then how they interact and, and what they're and there's obviously there's been a ton of concern expressed over time by Lee Summit Cares about how their regulations are going to be and what they're going to be doing and all that. And that we went through a, an entire, you know, a zoning and planning process about them over the over the last year as well. So seeing them once they get going, I think will be interesting to see how they go. Some interesting culture shifts right now with that. Having this discussion, at least some of them, also the you know the tobacco age going up to twenty one, and and if you ask, I think I don't want to speak for them. If you ask, Lee Summit cares, and if you ask some of the the the, uh, the counselors and other people at our, our middle and high schools, and maybe God, even maybe the grade schools, vaping is still the, the number one topic. I think that's happening, kind of centered around that, and I, and there's this whole discussion about it. you know if we open up these stores, are the kids going to start vaping marijuana? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't have any of those answers. I've followed this from a from from a, a kind of a peripheral uh, view, but I, you know, you, did you view it through a cloud? Of smoke? I, I viewed it through a cloud <laughs> of something. Um, but like the two of us, I have I have you know a grade grade middle school a, you know grade school child, and you guys have kids that are a little bit older, and yeah, whether we like it or not, that's 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 the topic. There's going to be that, that's going to come in front of council more than once next year. Uh, just as a, as a quick response, I think. Resp- am I right about that? I, I mean, we're yeah. 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 As yes. a quick response response to that, I have over the last year gotten to know us. Uh, uh, a group of teens in the community, and and during last summer they they did a podcast takeover and talked about mental health and and teen right. issues. We are now working with them. They want to spin off into their own podcast. That so that's going to be happening in the spring. But in response to what you just said, here's something they told me: is from their perspective, they see the vaping use going down among kids. Really, and they don't they don't think it's as big a thing as it was maybe the previous couple of years. So that was just interesting, just to hear their perspective. That's on who it. we should be and, listening and, to, and because um, it was I was kind of asking them, right, nudging them a little bit for for their thoughts on issues, and and they said they were they were kind of hoping that the counselors and, and the people in their schools would talk to them about some other topics instead because they feel like. It's finally going the right way with right. vaping, and that and that's going down. Right. So interesting, interesting perspective. Well, the people before that, we move honestly, on. come on, all of us old people are like probably telling the kids about how to use Facebook safely, and they're like, Facebook, we don't use yeah. that, you know. Yeah. So we're always like two, we're always two things behind anyway. So stop watching MTV; it's stop, bad for you. Yeah, absolutely. That music, those music videos <laughs> will get you. All right. Well, here here's the here's the last news topic for for for, for this episode. Uh, this is a relatively new one, but we're going to be watching that. Former Lee Summit R7 superintendent, Dr. Dennis Carpenter, has recently filed a lawsuit, I believe through his, his new consulting business, but, has, both, fi- but yes. has filed a lawsuit against the Lee Summit EDC, specifically Rick McDowell, for harming his business. 
That's yeah, the the official legal that, that words, Jason will give legalese. The, the official legal words are tortious interference with contract. Um, and uh, I won't throw John, but John knows what those words mean. I so, do very much so. Uh, and 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 going through that process, so it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, it, um, you know, I know that when the story sort of broke before there was actually a filed document, we were wondering, it's like there's got to be more than you know fifteen hundred dollars worth. But I mean, we. Uh, I will say this. I took a very admittedly surface look not long ago, and there doesn't seem to be a lot more than that $1,500 at stake, but we'll see where it goes from there. Um, it's a, you know, it's a, an interesting thing, and we'll be seeing that. And it's not the only lawsuit involving, you know, current and former members of the school district uh, that, that is floating around right now. This is, this is probably a suit in principle. Like you said, $1,500, it's, it's, it's not much. Maybe this is a, a suit to make a point. Uh, but but this, is, this is the topic that's been going on for the last two weeks since, since this hit the news. Uh, and, it, and to me, it illustrates, again, how, just exactly how much power some of these current and now, in this case, former uh, members of our, our school district administration team, how much power they still have in the local press to get that story uh, on on TV with, without a single document. So, of course, at that point, you know, the, the TV station calls Rick McDowell. Rick McDowell can't say anything because I haven't seen the lawsuit. And, and and looks like this paperwork was filed maybe just right before Christmas. Is that right, Jason? Uh, yeah, the, it looks like it was filed on the 18th, but uh, may the, not have been out until... Yeah, it was very interesting when that when that story broke because the first thing we did was, was Go look for get it. online to look yeah. for it and it, and it hadn't hadn't been filed yet. That's something we're going to... We'll follow that as it go, goes along. I'm sure there will be topics that, that Jason, you and I will hit on the podcast as it goes forward. Just real quick before before we wrap things up for this this episode, Jason, how long do these kind of processes take? I mean, is this something that we'll be talking about for a year, for two years? Uh, quite possibly. Uh, I mean, it, it depends in, in no small part. It depends on what uh, Dennis Carpenter's goal with that is. Um, he could, if his goal is to, and I don't want to put, I don't, I'm not casting this on anyone, but if his goal is to specifically just to extract money, in a short-term basis, it may not last very long. It may, there may be a settlement, a nuisance settlement, or something of that nature. All the way up through, if he wants the victory lap of winning, you know, a judgment on the merits at the court, um, you know, it can la- and that could last for years. Just to given the the speed, and that's not the right word to use, but you know how slowly things crawl through the legal system. It it can be a long time just to get to a point where. A judge talks about it. Can I insert one goal? Sure. I, I would. I would submit that that a partial goal of this lawsuit is to depose. Yeah, and it get, may be get I mean, pe- get people in front of a microphone with a court reporter and a couple of attorneys and tell me what you have because there has to be an email, there has to be a phone call, there has to be some kind of thing that 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 led to this paperwork being filed. I, I think I think a large part of the goal is let's depose these people and find out what they know. So, and and that's yeah, that is another. You know, not uncommon uh, goal of a lawsuit is to find out information. Well, I think that is going to that, that's going to wrap up. I think for for this episode, but it's a nice segue into Friday's episode. So we hope everybody comes back because on Friday we're going to talk about stories coming in 2020 that concern the Lee Summit R7 School District. I know there are a lot of things people are looking forward to, a lot of things people are talking about. Namely, there's also an election concerning the school district. So. We will be back and talk to everybody on Friday. All hail. You have been listening to Lee Summit Town Hall, a link to Lee Summit podcast with hosts Nick Parker and Jason Norberry. A proud member of the Fredcast Network, you can subscribe to this podcast on most of your favorite podcast apps and catch us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for all the news, analysis, and conversations on the Lee Summit community. Connect with us on Facebook at Link2Lee Summit or on Twitter at LS Town Hall. Mm-hmm.